Looking for a graduation gift to inform, inspire, and encourage? When you give a subscription to Christianity Today, you're giving redemptive, relevant news and thoughtful balanced dialogue about the church, current issues, and public theology. Visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to get a discounted student subscription for the graduates in your life. Starting at only $2 per month, this gift will engage and grow their faith throughout the year. Click the link in the show notes or visit orderct.com slash graduate gifts to order now. special episode of Music and Meaning, what I'm calling Four on the Floor, where I invite three music industry guests to join me. Together, the four of us will look back on some of the most important music news of February 2024. So please welcome legendary artist manager and A&R development guru, Tracy Gershon. Tracy, welcome. Also on the floor is the amazing recording artist and the host of Apple Music's Color Me Country, Reese Palmer. Welcome, Reese. Thank you. Last but never least, the Grammy Award-winning producer who launched the artist Her into the stratosphere. I give you the hugely talented Swag Arcel, yes. Thank you. I just want to thank all of you for joining me this special episode of Music and Meaning. Let's get started. We've got a lot of news to cover. I'm just going to throw out the Grammys first because that's February 4th, uh, Sunday, Reese, what were your fave moments? I mean, I think this was the moment heard around the world. Tracy Chapman, it was electric. It was electric, wasn't it? You got a fast car. I wanted to get to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Me, myself, I got nothing to prove. She was the first black woman that I'd ever seen with a guitar ever when I was a kid. I know that there have been others, but she was the first for me. And that was a really foundational representation moment for me. And part of the reason why I wanted to play guitar. Mm. I mean, you know, she is what unbothered looked like. If you look at it up in the dictionary, <laughs> it's clear mm-hmm. skin, mind your business, drink your water, mind your edges. That is Tracy Chapman. And I think, too, she did it without sequins. She did it without a smoke machine. She did yeah. it with just her voice, a guitar, and an incredible song. Yes. I can't think of a better way to start the show. It was really a goosebumps moment. It was definitely a highlight and what a coup for the Grammys to get her, you know, as far as because she's just not yeah. wanted to do anything. And I mean, I love that she was with Luke Combs, you know? I mean, he was just so in awe yeah. of it and respectful. Yeah. I love the way he looked at her the whole time. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah, we don't get to see that vulnerability, you know, with people. I mean, we're also professional, you know, everybody's got. Yeah. And just right. the fact that he was just so overwhelmed that he got to be there with yeah. her. That was really beautiful. The Joni Mitchell thing was, you know, and, and I, full disclosure, I, I'm prejudiced because I work with the sister strings, but yeah, first time for her to be on the Grammys, number one. And I love that they honored somebody like that. And you know, she, what she's overcome, I think in Brandy Carlisle said in her speech, she really, you know, a few years ago, she wasn't even talking. 
I just want to give credit to Brandy. I've never seen another artist invest themselves so much in making sure that a legacy artist isn't just somebody who's an icon, mm-hmm. but somebody that's truly valued and that the value of their music is what is celebrated. And, and that was just so beautiful. Swag, how about you? Top moments for you. In addition to those, Victoria Monet winning Best Artist of the Year was really cool. Mm-hmm. Just so knowing much. her story and I don't know her personally, but being familiar with a lot of the producers who worked on the project, D-Mile and uh, yeah, Jeff Yeah, I was going to say your buddy D-Mile was on there. Oh, yeah. Just knowing the hard work and dedication that really went into not only her project, but I mean, she's been behind the scenes writing for years mm-hmm. and, and seeing other people star shine. And for her to get that moment was really cool for me. And her speech I loved her speech. I did too. I just want to say to everybody who has a dream, I want you to look at this as an example. Thank you, God. This this award was a 15-year pursuit. I moved to LA in 2009, and I like to liken myself to a plant who... um, was planted and you can look at the music industry as soil and it can look at, be looked at as dirty or it can be looked at as a source of nutrients and water. And my roots have been growing underneath ground, unseen for so long. And I feel like today I'm sprouting, finally above ground. So I'd like to thank my team of visionaries who could see through that soil. Rochelle, thank you so much. Again, like super vulnerable, no posturing, love it. Past year was the year of that we all finally took notice of AI. And I, I kind of wonder if this isn't the thing that we're all going to be hungering for over the mm. next couple of decades. It's just any authentic moment, we're just going to be drooling. Mm-hmm. Like where anybody is just truly human, we'll just be like, that's it, that's it. That's the thing we love. I also thought the in memoriam was really special this year. Mm-hmm. They didn't just run through a bunch of names, you know, fast. They kind of exactly. really gave some moments because unfortunately we're losing so many people as, you know, years go by. Yeah. Being involved with the Grammys, I'd heard it was going to be an 18-minute segment and that's really long to do, but they said they wanted to make it a performance and really give respect to those who had passed on and I think they accomplished it. Watching it at home, it was reverent. Because sometimes I don't feel like it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was all you had to say about what's this, like, what? This felt reverent. You know, I'm I'm also a Sounds of Blackness fan. So like, give me some Ann Nesby and I'm good. But mm-hmm. it was just like, it was, you know, it was Fantasia. It was Terry Lewis and Jimmy Jam. It was John, ba- it was great. Like it was, I, I loved it. I thought it was really cool. Okay. Anything cringy? Anybody willing <laughs> to go on the record for any cringy moments? I felt... A little funny about Taylor, just using that moment to sell her record. I mean, if anybody who doesn't need to do that. Right. The one person who didn't need to, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like taking moments away from the Grammys. Like, you know, obviously the fans are going to go view away from the Grammys. So I thought she's a one smart woman. And I mean, I don't take anything. She's an amazing songwriter and performer. And I just feel like that was a miss her. Now, I mean, her fans didn't care because her fans are watching to see her, but I just think yeah. industry was going, oh, you know, that was it. Jay-Z, 
I'm just going to go there. I felt like both his daughter and his wife were a little bit like, oh, don't say these things, you know. Look at that. You know, what's great about the Grammys is they knew that he probably was going to say, you know, they wanted to give him the award. Mm -hmm. They knew full well that he may go rogue and may say negative things. And they're okay because they're, you know, the Grammys right now are trying to improve and owning some of the things. And the Grammys didn't have to do that, a, a new award. They're just trying to do the best they can. Sometimes I just, there were some things I thought that he said that, you know, we're right on. And some was like, hey, you're standing up getting an award. Like the Grammys can't be that bad. You're up, you're on stage getting that award. So. Yeah, and have an opportunity to. See, I went there. Sorry. No. For your voice to be heard. No, it's good. Yeah. Good. I just want to throw in with that, with the Jay-Z thing. The thing that I have been watching over the last couple of weeks, and I'm glad you said the Taylor Swift thing, because I, I, it read so weird at home. So I can't even imagine how that felt like in the room. Yeah. But with Jay-Z, I think it is problematic. Now, mind you, Mm -hmm. this is not me speaking to Taylor's gifts or her talents or any of that stuff. The only problem that I had with that particular moment was it's not just a Beyonce issue. There's a lot of albums that should be considered. There's a lot of artists that should be considered for some of these things and they don't get that. And unfortunately, because the conversation is about too iconic, I know we throw the word iconic around real easy right now. But like two operating at their highest level artists are the face of this particular issue that definitely does deserve conversation and thought and pondering. These two people take up all the oxygen in the room when they come in it. It's only a conversation about Taylor and Beyonce, unfortunately. And it's not a equity conversation. It's not a Mm -hmm. racial conversation. It's not a sexist conversation. It's only a Taylor and Beyonce conversation. Right. And like, there were so many good pieces that I saw that were ruined by the fact that we're only talking about, like it's two fandoms fighting with each other, the Swifties and the, and the beehive. And it's yeah. not, let's sit down and figure out why this is working this way. Right. Yeah. And I have to add to that. This is voting membership. And one of the problems with the Grammys and what are, I think is great now is that they're being very intentional about bringing a more diverse membership because it's the diversity that will get it right. And for so long, it was so one-sided. There was no gender, no, you know, as many people of color. It's just, it was. And so full disclosure, I co-chair the National Membership Committee. So it's very intentional. We've got to get the membership right in order to get those awards right. That's it, because it's not fan voted. Yeah. No. And to that point, first, let me, the most cringe moment is her totally ignoring Celine Dion. I thought that was, yeah. Uh, that yeah. was, not I'm like, wait. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, yeah. let me just get that off my chest. Phew. I think to the point in membership, and I think Jay-Z was, because I have friends who are younger and more involved in the nuance of Black music culture. And I think he was speaking to them Mm. You know, appealing to them, like to get involved and also, you know, trying to critique the process. I think I don't know if he's 100 percent clear what the process is now, but mm-hmm. I think he spoke through the prisms of an older system, which yeah. I respect and understand. And I think even though the membership, there is more diversity, I think culturally there's not enough diversity. So these are the conversations that I'm hearing. And I think Jay-Z was trying to speak to that critique and at the same time saying, This may be how you feel, but we can't change anything if we don't show up. The Grammys have been terrible at explaining 
all this. And so people don't understand how the voting happens and the difference between this and a People's Choice Award or an American Music Award. Thank you. That's so good. Tracy, what about talking to Harvey about some point between now and the next Grammys that we do just a week of, you know, everybody's social media posting, just telling people, hey, here's what it really is. And this is how people get voted and all of that. It's a big topic of conversation. Yeah. And I think they did some, maybe before COVID, town hall meetings. They went into each chapter and said, this is what it is. And yeah, yeah I always felt like everything was behind a curtain. Everything was secretive. Right. And I, being a board member, said, this is our fault. We make it that way when it's right. not. Let's take the curtains away. There's a real intentional movement to say, we're transparent. This is how it happens. This is how it's voted on. So you're right on. Swag, Tracy, Reese, thank you for your input on this important subject. And now on to the next important subject, the Super Bowl. I'm so, got me feeling it. Know what it is, but it's safe, she's got me twisted. I'm so, got me feeling it. I'm losing control. I think you know where I'm going next. And Reese, I want to hear from you first. Did Usher come back? Did he come home? Okay. Usher brought all of Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, he did. He brought everyone in Atlanta with him. I also lived in Atlanta during the Lil John yeah. and that time. So like that was the club. Yeah. That was Reese in the club. My only critique, I thought Alicia Keys looked great. I don't understand why she was there. Instead of doing that song, I wish that they had done longer versions of the other song. I get that that's hard to do, especially when you have as many hits as he has. Yeah. I just wish that they had been a little bit longer. That's all. I agree. Some of them were so short that I felt like, wait, I haven't quite figured out which song this is yet. And then it was on to the next one. Swag, production-wise, what'd you think? I personally enjoyed it. I kind of watched it just as a, a spectator and a fan of Usher and somebody who's been from the South. You know, I think he did what he had to do. And to be honest, I don't know what more he could have done production-wise. Fly from the sky, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, when he threw down with the roller skates, that put me over the, the roller top. skates, yeah. that's what got me. That was it. You throw a marching band and with some roller skates, I mean, it's over. Yeah. That was, that was amazing. I mean, I didn't yeah. even see him. Like, he was going in. He was singing, yes. Yeah. Mike was on. The for mic sure. was on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody in, in our room, we had about 20 people that were watching it. So there were maybe three or four record producers in the room and everybody kept turning to us going, is he really singing? Is she really singing? Yeah. Is she really playing? You know, Swag, you think Gabby was miming her solo though, right? She played it. Oh, okay. He's going to throw down. I say so. she played I it. thought it looked yeah. like she was playing it. She played it. Yeah. She was, she was cordless. I thought she was playing that it. That was my exciting uh, moment. Uh, yeah, you man. Know, about his performance and having to to sit on that information for months. Oh man! Oh, uh, you knew. <laughs> yeah. So, how many of you have listened to the new Usher music that dropped a few days before? I did. Yeah, I like it. I can't wait because your face. <laughs> I thought there were some good songs on it. My standard for him is so high as a fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I expected something else as a fan. I mean, I think there are a lot of good records on there, but I was hoping for a little bit more. Yeah, I think I should have expected it to be kind of straight down the middle. That's the way I would describe it. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be experiment a little bit more, but I thought the beats were pretty just, 
I mean, great, but just not really risking a lot, I guess is what I would say. Whereas I will say this, Beyonce's two new songs. Oh yeah. my gosh. I love 16 characters. 16 carriages driving away while I watch them ride with my dreams away to the summer sunset. Can we talk about 16 carriages for a minute? Who wants to go first? I will say this for anyone who's listening here. When you listen to Texas Hold'em, which is sort of, I guess, the emphasis single right now, make sure you listen all the way to the end. Because you may think you have it figured out, and then the last, like, 45 seconds of it is just some brilliant stuff. And then 16 Carriages, to me, like, that's some serious innovation, I think. I thought the writing was really cool, but also, like, I had this nostalgia of old Beyoncé, also, mm-hmm. just her approach to the record. It's a really cool blending of worlds, a really bold statement done well. Don't you love also having the vocal so present? Yeah. There's no track that's fighting. I mean, she's really forward in it, and I'm super impressed. The thing that I thought was cool about that record, it's a, also a work song. Like, 16 Carriages yeah. has... Like it's a it's a work song yeah. in addition yeah. to having country instrumentation on it. On my show, we have this conversation a lot about what it's going to take, particularly for a black woman, to make a major impact on country music. Not just be around, but to actually make an, a major impact. And not only that, to impact with black people. Because I think that's the part that's been missing for so many artists is like, you can't really count Darius because Darius, as hard as he works, was Hootie. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody knew who Hootie and the Blowfish was. Mm-hmm. And so the only case studies that you really have are Charlie Pride and Kane Brown and, you know, Jimmy Allen. And not really a Black woman for a very long time because the highest charting Black woman was in the 20s and that was in 1968. Mm-hmm. And there have only been, I'm talking to Jada Watt. I was talking to Jada because I wanted to make sure I had my numbers right. There have only been seven of us that have ever charted on Billboard. One of my arguments has always been that I think the thing that has been missing is that all of us have tried to make music that fits in Mm -hmm. as opposed to making music that number one is authentic to us and our experiences. And that's not to say that the Black experience is a monolith because it absolutely is not. But... There are certain things that speak to us that don't necessarily speak to this particular audience. And that's okay because as we see with country music now with Morgan Wallen and with Sam Hunt at one point, like you can bring in 808, you can rap, you can do all these things and like people will still buy it and love it. So why can't we do the same thing? And so these two songs in particular We can argue about whether they're traditional or anything like that, but what they are, they're Beyonce country records and they're country records that speak to her audience. And so we can't all replicate Beyonce because we're not all Beyonce, but if somebody's really smart and they're sitting and watching this, there is a marketing lesson. I don't know how this moment is going to translate for all the other Black artists that have been in country music, but I will say that there is a blueprint in there somewhere for the future girls. 
I hope that everybody's watching. Love it. I hope so. I think it's actually harder. Some of the artists you mentioned that could do, you know, there's all that other music infused in country, but not for, for some reason, there's different standard for women. I'm not even saying black, for women. Like that's not acceptable. I don't know why. And maybe we just go, it's not, when we say acceptable, is it just country radio that we talk about? But, and I'm glad to say that because so many artists and especially of color are going, I want to fit into country music. It's like, don't try to do that. Be you. I mean, I had this conversation with Britney Spencer, even Warren Treaty now. Don't try to fit in that box because it's such a limiting it's box. A limiting and box. It's, it's not even that sometimes creative and musical. You have to do your thing and be authentic to yourself. That's where we'll win. And Beyonce is Beyonce. You know, I mean, she got, you know, I don't remember when she was on the CMA Awards how many years ago with the Dixie Chicks. I mean, you would have thought somebody committed murder on Music Row. <laughs> People were so, oh, I, I mean, it was ridiculous. It was remember? Uh, it was Yeah, great. it was great. Then that song was more country the than, you know, like your daddy's like that other stuff. So it's going to be really interesting to, I'm the same way. I'm kind of li- watching what's going to happen. Yeah, there's a lesson. And she can get away with stuff that we, I say we, I mean, Black women in country music, stuff that we have not ever been allowed to do. Let's take a break now to hear from our sponsor and we'll be right back. This is Andy Ashworth. I hope you're enjoying Music and Meaning, my husband Charlie Peacock's latest creative collaboration with CT Media. I love it, but wouldn't want it to overshadow our own good creation together. A brand new book we've co-authored titled Why Everything That Doesn't Matter Matters So Much, The Way of Love in a World of Hurt. It's out now and available everywhere in book, Kindle, and audio form by Andy Ashworth and Charlie Peacock. This episode is brought to you by Our Daily Bread Ministries, a global media organization that makes the life-changing wisdom of the Bible understandable and accessible to all. As a part of that mission, Where You're From is a podcast for those who believe it's important to stop and listen before we speak. Join us on each episode as we ask another Christian thought leader where you're from and discover how their life experiences and expertise, even if we may disagree with something they say, offers us important perspectives worth thinking about. To see our list of guests, visit whereyou'refrom.org today. That's where, Y-A, from, dot O-R-G. I'm Russell Berry reminding you that it's not just about where you're at, but it's also about where you're from. Welcome back. Before we move on to the next topic, I did want to mention interesting figure that Usher got a 550% Spotify streaming boost after the Super Bowl. So it was helpful. Helpful, Tim, for sure. Speaking of streaming, big news in the month of February was, of course, Universal Music and TikTok. Help our listener understand how many people that actually affects. You can talk about TikTok right now. I mean, it's known that that's the platform that's breaking artists more than anything. I will hands down say, you know, our creators are not getting paid what they need to be paid from all these platforms. Right. It's really hurting more the new artists who are getting discovered by TikTok. And that's their platform. They're not getting played on radio, but TikTok is their audience. So it's going to affect them, not so much the bigger artists. You know, Universal has taken a stand and the only time this can work is if some of the others join with them. 
Tracy, do I have this right that Warner Music Group, the head, came out and said, hey, look, we're happy with our deal and we, sh- we <laughs> hope Lucian Grange like- gets gets what he wants, right? Uh, which I I think he will. I mean, I think this is a shot across the bow. Yeah. I read something in the New Yorker with him saying, you know, sort of like, not as long as <laughs> it's on my watch, it's not going to happen. They came in to renegotiate the deal and he's like, you're not paying us enough and drew the line. So I guess, and then TikTok drew the line. So line in the sand, you know, and I don't know, I'm not privy. I actually have to do more research. What's the difference with the Warner deal and the Universal deal? Yeah, and then exactly. as Universal artists, if Universal gets a better deal, that's not right. so good for <laughs> for Warners. Right. Swag, how about for you with artist development? Because I know, you know, you've got A-list artists, you've got baby artists mm-hmm. that you're developing. You got a lot of stuff in the pipeline. How does this affect you personally? These mediums are healthy and they cannot be healthy. It depends on how we utilize them, how the labels are looking at them. If you're only looking at analytics to invest in artists, then are we really investing in superstars of tomorrow or are we just investing in the hot song of the moment? So it's a catch 22 for me. I'm on both sides, depending on it's one of those things, you know, too much of anything could could not be good. (laughs) Right. I think we're all like that. It's so great in some ways. Some artists have just using that and they've broken through, but then it's scary. And and what, you know, it's the same thing with AI. I know you're going to get into that later, but if it's used correctly, it's great. And for the right Mm -hmm. reasons, if it's not, it's scary as you know what. Yeah. Yeah. And how much of, of that deal are the artists really getting? Yeah, no, that's what I say. To me, it's a corporate shot across the bow. It's not about the individual songwriters no. and artists no. as much because we're we're still talking about such, unless you're a mega superstar, we're talking about just, you know, a small amount of money in comparison. Right. But it's more about building for the future for what that becomes. It also is like, unless you own your own publishing. Like mm-hmm. all of this means nothing. Like if there's like the four or five hands that get paid before you do. So it's just like, that's right. this is the microcosm for politics right now. Because like a lot of the yeah. things that we're fighting about in politics is, you know, right, left, da, da, da. And it's like, they ain't talking about you. <laughs> They're talking yeah, about exactly. the CEO of a Fortune 500 company who is making the decision right. with another Fortune 500 company. Yeah. And so on and so forth. The trickle down don't get to you until it is literally less than a trickle. Man. If you read Lucian's letter you know, about his whole thing, you know, and it's on, you can read it online. It's all about protecting our artists and making money for the artists. If I were the artist, I'd be like, all right, where did it increase for me? Exactly uh-huh. what you're yeah. saying, Reese. It's yeah. like, does it trickle down? Where's that split going to be? That'll be interesting too. Someone asked me the other day, I mean, is that really good? I said, well, yeah, of course, superficially. I mean, he he's saying it and it he means it mm-hmm. and and there will be, you know, some of that passed around. But ultimately, this is about IP. This is about the protection of intellectual property and about mm-hmm. the continued health and safety of Universal Music Group around the world, you know. That's what it's really about. And, you know, I mean, if you sign as a writer with them or an artist with them, hopefully you've had good counsel to know that this is the game that you'll be playing. I think, as we all know, having been all of us younger and so filled with aspirations, we know that sometimes the younger artists, they don't really know what game they've stepped into and and what, what game that's really being played. Before we start to ramp down here, I'm real interested in knowing what each of you 
are loving right now, what you're doing, what you're passionate about, what you, you know, use a moment to tell my audience a little bit about what's exciting to you and what you're working on. Reese, you want to start? Sure. First of all, thank you. This is fun. I always like to do this with people that know what we're talking about. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, that does um, help. Because my kids don't care. So uh, <laughs> I'm working on another season of Color Me Country. I'm very excited about just talking to people like y'all as opposed to just artists all the time. And so it's nice to get my brain yeah. going on a regular basis and, and have that be my job. So I'm working on some other media projects behind the scenes that I'm hoping to introduce next year that deal with the subject matter, but more on a historical level. And I'm working on my own album. I haven't put out an album since 2019. Yeah, I'm I'm working on that. And I just, I'm loving music, that fearless music. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of artists that are doing that. And I love listening to fearless things. Like my new favorite record right now is Lizzie No, a record called Half Seas. It is country. But she writes Mm. like uh, Rolling Stone called her like a modern day Bob Dylan. Yeah. Wow. Lizzie's just really dope. She's a dope human and she's a black woman and she's taken up space in very cool ways. And so I'm very excited about that. That's so encouraging. I personally, I, I love the idea of you doing a deeper dive into breaking down some of the historical background behind song types and behind regional expressions of where Black music developed and all of that. I'm a big history buff and, and I, I want to know Me too. something about everything. So thank you so much for that. And Swag, how about you, man? First of all, thank you for inviting me to be a part of this. Of course. What am I excited about? Well, currently we are working on hers new project. So hopefully mm-hmm. I'm no so glad you dates, said that. We're working, but we're working. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the course that I've written at NYU that's part of the songwriting curriculum on African-American music, its origins and influence on pop culture. Nice. I'm currently working on a book on that title. Hopefully it will come together really soon. I've started working on a documentary that I'm trying to pitch as well, starting to to compose for a movie project that's in the works. So yeah, those are the immediate things that I'm really excited about and working on. Well, thank you. And Tracy, how about you? I'm very excited right now about Sister Strings, who I'm working with. Mm -hmm. If you don't know that, actually, on the Grammys, we're the cello and the violin player playing Mm -hmm. with Joni. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Brandy Carlisle will be producing a record on them at some point, but they're just joyful human beings. And they are just creating, when people say, what kind of music? I'm like, they're just making great music. They're influenced by everything. And I don't want Mm -hmm. boundaries. We don't have a record label intentionally. Mm -hmm. We're going to make great music and figure that out. I'm really just fortunate because I work with just beautiful human beings. That's it. You know, the music is great. It's secondary to me, but they're beautiful human beings. That's so good. And so wise, I mean, to have that kind of self-care and lean into beauty and lean into goodness, Mm -hmm. lean into people who are positive and want to make the world they want to live in. So thank you so much for participating today, for your encouragement. It's been incredible. And uh, love all of you. Before we go, I do want to mention the passing of country star Toby Keith and condolences to friends and family there. 
Thank you, everyone, for your insightful contributions to today's Four on the Floor episode of Music and Meaning. Much respect to Tracy Gershon, Reese Palmer, and Swag Orsalius. Look to the show notes for extensive bios on our three wise and wonderful guests. And you've been listening to Music and Meaning with Charlie Peacock, a CT Media original podcast. Until next time, practice reflection, stay curious, playful, and positive. Peace.